your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 226 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today, we've got part two of our conversation with my good friend, Kevin LaBella. Kevin works at Comcast. He is also an NHL insider. And like I said, this is part two of our conversation. We get into talking about Henrik Lundqvist quite a bit, and we also dive into free agency a little bit as far as what the Rangers have done, what they have not done, and just anything else we can think about as it relates to the New York Rangers. Also talking about the re-signings of Alex Georgiev and Tony D'Angelo. And today's conversation basically picks up right where we left off from yesterday. We were talking about how the Rangers lost to the Hurricanes. And while we never obviously want to root against the Rangers under any circumstances, you do immediately after getting swept by the Canes, turn your attention toward the draft lottery and the chance to get the number one overall pick. So that's kind of where the conversation picks up as well as just kind of talking about uh, Henrik Lundqvist and seeing his last couple games as a New York Ranger. Enjoy. I think after they were down 2-0, it was kind of, you could see the writing was on the wall. Um, and it was, is Hank going to play? Is it Hank's last game? You know, what's going to happen here? You know, and then, the, again, NHL's already so hush with their injuries as it is with upper body, lower body stuff. And then you threw the COVID stuff in, then they really couldn't say anything. Um, so that whole situation was just circuit. It was kind of like, what, what is going on right now? Why is this kid not playing? All we heard is that this kid is going to come in and dominate the playoffs, and then all of a sudden, Hank's in there. And again, it, w- it wasn't a bad thing because, God, if I had to listen to somebody tell me about Hank's numbers this year against Carolina one more time, uh, <laughs> I was going to turn turn the TV off. And yeah, you know, yeah, cool. He played good, great against them in December and November and, and January, and then goes out there and gets embarrassed. Um, but I'll tell you what, seeing him go to Washington, ugh. Uh, there's not many teams that you don't want to see your favorite players go play for. Uh, the only benefit that's going to come to this is that Ovechkin can no longer score on him, who <laughs> I'm pretty sure Ovechkin has more goals against Hank than anybody else in hockey both ways. I think Hank's given up more to Ovechkin. I don't think Ovechkin has ever scored on anybody as much as he's scored on Hank. Um, so and maybe – you know, practice will be fun for the two of them, but thank God I don't have to watch Ovechkin go top shelf on him anymore. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, all these years that have gone by and, you know, all the matchups between the Rangers and Capitals and the playoffs, for whatever reason, I've never really found myself disliking the Capitals the way I dislike a team like the Penguins or the Flyers or the Bruins. I can't really put my finger on exactly why. I've always, I don't really mind Ovechkin. You know, I, I do think he's an entertaining player to watch. I mean, I can't stand Tom Wilson, but that's every hockey fan in the world. Um, but you know, I think it's because we beat them. It's because we beat them all. (laughs) That might be it, man. We used to lose. We lose to Pittsburgh sometimes, and we lose to Philly sometimes in the playoffs, and always beat Washington. Coming back from three games to one against them in uh in uh 2015, Derek Stepan, the game seven overtime winner. Just watched that the other night. That's they. We did a little package for Doc Emmerich's retirement the other night, and that was I. I don't know who picked the calls that were on this package, but that was one of them. It, it was actually, so good, it started man. With, yeah. It started with, uh, uh, what the hell is his name that scored the goal for the Kings? 
Oh, uh, it, against the Rangers? Yeah, the, the it was uh, it was Alec Martinez. Alex Martinez. Yeah, I was in yeah. the I was in the arena that night for that. Yeah. So yeah. The, the package started with that goal, but then it ended with Stepan. So it kind of lulled you into it. Yeah, I mean, uh, but I mean, overall, you know, if if let's let's say a hypothetical situation next season, uh, let's say the Rangers at some point uh, get eliminated from the playoffs, the Caps are still in it. Are, will you be able to root for the Caps for the sole purpose? Absolutely. Of seeing, yeah. 100%. Yes. I'm one hundred percent on board with you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I was hoping he was going to go to Av just so I could could watch him come out here and then anytime we want to go watch the abs at least we can go root for hank yeah you know it's funny because i you hear the abs come up a lot even toward the the trade deadline this past year you know maybe he would henrik lundquist would waive his no move clause and he would go to the colorado avalanche but i don't i mean don't the avalanche have two goalies on the roster that are under contract that are you know decent to good goalies i mean you you yeah, know the, so the number avalanche one is, me, number so. one is philip grubauer and then who, francois right or frank francois yeah, there you go. Um, it, well, if you remember what happened with Grubauer, the Capitals thought he was the future. They put him in to start that playoff the year they won the Cup, and he lo- immediately loses the first two games. Um, actually, maybe Holpe lost the first one. and then, However it shook out, they went back to Holpe immediately, and Holpe ran the table and won the Cup, and then they dumped Grubauer after that. Um, but, again, I, he's good. I don't know if he's that good. Um, you know, I don't know if he's – he seems like a great two in a bottom one. Um, right. You know, he, I was at the, I went to the outdoor game last year at Air Force against the Kings. Um, he got hurt in that game. I didn't realize that that was the last time he had played until the playoffs. You know, he he didn't come back. Um, you know, I guess that Ranger game was the last game of the season before the stoppage, um, right around three eleven day, and. He, you know, he hadn't played since that game. Um, Francis was playing well, but then he got hurt in the playoffs, so the ads really went real thin. Um, again, Francis looks a little goofy because he's got the right-hand catch, um, which always looks funky. Grant Fuhrer and uh, Jonas Hiller and all those guys. But I, I think, I, honestly, I think Francis is good enough. I, I don't I don't know. I don't believe in Grubauer. He'd he have to win me over. Although, he, you know, he had a pretty good year this year, but he, he's got to show me more. Uh, again, that, that, what happened in Washington is always in the back of my mind. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com.
I wanted to get your take on Ranger free agency as well. Obviously, uh, you know, we talked about Henrik Lundqvist. That was a buyout more than it was free agency. But, uh, you know, Jesper Foss, he leaves the team to go sign with the Carolina Hurricanes, a three-year deal worth $6 million. Uh, do you think the Rangers should have brought him back, or were you cool with letting him uh, walk and maybe open up some space for some Ranger prospects, uh, you know, in, in the in the spot that he had on the roster? I mean, three years for six to a pop. Yeah, I think I would pay. I think I would pay him that. Um, yeah, you know, he's again, he's he was there when when we went to the cup, and he uh, he played a lot of important minutes. And, and you know, I guess mostly he was a bottom six guy, but he was a good bottom six guy that you know surprised you. And and, and if he didn't score, he was involved in it somehow when the, when those bottom lines score. And, you know, sometimes you just get that positive matchup, you know, your third line against the other team's fourth line, or, you know, sometimes he's on the, I guess, what would be considered the checking line. We don't really have a checking line, but what would be, you know, when he's playing with Tanner Glass or somebody like that, you know, somebody who's going to match up against the team's first or second line just for matchup sake. Um, you know, he was a good player. He changed his number willingly when they did the retirement. Um, but realistically, you know, if you could bring in somebody that's better or get a better value somewhere, you you go for that. I just don't feel like the Rangers did very much. Um, they said, uh, I, I read some article that was joking around talking about the Rangers outbid nobody for Jack Johnson. <laughs> they were the only team looking for him. And I was going to say, I don't know, you know, how privy you are to his story or how anybody listening to this podcast knows about the Jack Johnson story. But when you get a chance after listening to this, go do a little Google search and look at what his parents did to his money situation. Yeah, no, it's and, not good. I, I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. Whew, not good. I mean, they just, they were taking out mortgages on houses and just, basically funneling all his money to themselves and buying stuff that they couldn't afford. So not only did they pay for this stuff, the stuff then got repoed or, or uh, foreclosed on. So they don't even have any of the stuff they spent the money on. Yeah. I'm sure he would have taken care of them too. You would think, right? Yeah, I mean, you start out like, Oh mom, you need this. So, Oh, Hey, let us just have access to your bank account. Just so you don't have to keep transferring us money. Oh yeah. No problem. I mean, I couldn't imagine ever to dealing with my parents, you know, my parents always provided for our family and we're always, you know, again, when we first started working as 14, 15 year olds, it was like, give them all your money and then they'll give it to you when you need it. You know, they were the bank for you. I couldn't imagine being like, Oh, Hey mom, I'm going to go to movies tonight. Can I get 10 bucks? Oh no, son. I, I don't have any of your money because I bought a house in the Florida keys and, <laughs> and now it got foreclosed on. Yeah, I mean, in that respect, you almost kind of start to root for Jack Johnson because he's obviously been through some stuff, uh, you know, away from the ice. But it is interesting that they brought him in. I mean, I figured after Mark Stahl was traded, you know, there's uh, an opening for, you know, maybe a one-year stopgap veteran defenseman. And Jack Johnson kind of fits that bill. But, you know, it's funny. I was talking to uh, Hunter Hodes from Locked on Penguins to kind of get the skinny on Jack Johnson and just kind of figure out if there's any hope here. Is he really as bad as people think? And he did not paint a very pretty picture for Jack Johnson. So I guess if you're a Ranger fan, the only thing you can do right now is just kind of keep your fingers crossed, uh, hope that he kind of rediscovers his game a little bit. And even if he doesn't, he's probably out of here in one year anyway. And Ke'Andre Miller or somebody like Ke'Andre Miller will take his spot in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, 
bring Keandre up as soon as possible. Um, send Jack Johnson to Hartford if you can. You know, Fair enough. Or maybe he'll go. He'll, he'll be our new Wade Redden down there. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, but, again, you talk about, you know, what were the biggest beefs that you always have with defensemen that are getting older and, and not playing up to par. It's always losing the puck battles in the corners, turning the puck over in your own zone, not clearing the zone, not, not clearing out the garbage in front of the net or, or, you know, getting caught puck watching around the corner of the net, you know, well, you let that guy sneak in in front right behind you and hit the one-timer while you're not even looking. Um, I feel like you're giving up one player to get a very similar player for $5 million less. So it's basically they're almost they're probably getting a lesser skilled Mark Stahl, but paying you know a fifth of the price for it. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Go. Built Go will help you break through your wall. It is the healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy is not fake. It's lasting and natural. And I can tell you from experience, it's a fantastic product to use before playing baseball, tennis, or even frisbee golf. Biltco comes to us all from the same people who brought us the world's fastest growing protein bar, Built Bar. It will help you break through your wall. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it every day with Go. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages, put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to power through the back nine, or put it in your pocket to get through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market, plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. How does Built Go work so well? Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, and so, Kev, I know we also got the World Juniors coming up. You wanted to talk about that a little bit. There's some rumors that maybe Alexi Lafreniere might play in that tournament, depending on, you know, when the NHL season ends up starting, and uh, maybe even Capo Caco could be in there as well. But uh, your thoughts on the World Juniors coming up? I know it's a tournament that's kind of, uh, you know, gained some traction these past few years, gained more of a following, and uh, the popularity has just kind of increased as the years have gone on. So any thoughts, any early favorites, or anything you can tell us about the World Juniors? Yeah, so this is... uh... You know, this is one of the biggest events that we have on the NHL Network. Um, we're the, obviously the only one carrying it in America. Um, so we, we show uh, pretty much the entire tournament, um, even if we don't show the games live. Um, you know, obviously there'll be two going on at the same time. We'll air one. The other one that's up against the one we air live, we'll end up taping it and airing it later in a replay later that night. Um, it's kind of like our baby. Um, you know, I've worked it for, I guess this will be my seventh or eighth one this year. Um, it's usually a big, big deal for us. Um, it's nice that it'll be in Canada. I think it's in Edmonton, uh, Edmonton, Vancouver. I forget. Um, it was definitely out West this year. So we don't have the games in Helsinki that start at three o'clock, four o'clock, 5 a.m. my time, like they did last year. Um, but it sounds like the NHL is not going to get going until at earliest January 1st. So I, I think it would be smart for most of these teams to let their younger players, um, especially Lafreniere, to, to, to get in there and play, um, get them a couple weeks of uh, actual competitive hockey before the NHL starts. Um, 
what's strange this year, they're starting it on Christmas instead of the 26th. It usually always starts on the 26th, but this year they decided to start it on Christmas, so I don't, my staff is not real thrilled about that. But it is what it is. Um, we'll most likely be live all day, probably triple header that first day. Um, the groups they released uh, Monday night shake out a little differently than they have in the past. Um, I feel like usually it's uh, Canada, U.S., Russia, and then two not as good teams. This year it's Sweden is on the side with the U.S. and uh, I don't know. It seems like the U.S. side is stacked a little little harder. Um, if they don't win, I, I think Canada's on. They're in opposite sides this year, so. If U.S. isn't that good and they get the, you know, I think it's the top four out of, you know, ten teams are in it, the top four out of each side, flip over one place, four, two plays, you know, go, go, they flip, they flip the two sides. So if U.S. loses one game and ties a game, you know, they're going to end up with Canada in the in the first round of the knockout round, which, right. uh, you know, that's that's never a good draw, but. The U.S. got a good team. Um, I, I think a lot of these guys got uh, – um, a lot of these young guys, this is this is their time to shine, and, and they know – again, when they talk about later on in their careers about, you know, Crosby's got his triple gold, the, the Stanley Cup, the Olympics, and the World Championship, and then they call it quadruple gold when you throw the World Junior. And, and you see a lot of the guys – you know, you forget five years later who was on those teams, and then you go back and watch some of the games. Around that time, we'll air a lot of the older, you know, 2015, 2016, 2017 championships, and you'll see Kreider out there or and, uh, you know, guys that you didn't know at the time and then all of a sudden are now your favorite guys on your favorite teams. Yeah. Um, and then it's, it's cool to go back and see, wow, they were really good back then too. How, you know, how did nobody realize this guy was going to be that good? Like I'm just well, I'm, well, we have Calgary Dallas on right now, and I'm looking at Johnny Goudreau, perfect example. That guy got drafted in the, I don't know the third or fourth round. How do you miss on a guy like that? That's such a superstar. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's you know this is the showcase to really you know make these guys household names. You know when we saw Jack and Quinn Hughes playing, the, the two were unbelievable playing together, especially when they would go into the OT and and, and go four on four and and. I'm pretty sure they were playing on the big ice overseas too. So you take that one guy off the ice and put put them on the bigger ice, and you let these guys fly around as much, and it's it's extremely exciting. Um, but it's it seems like it's a more European style in these tournaments with the younger guys, because um, obviously it's not a lot of hitting and it's you know not a lot of fighting and stuff like that, and you don't see too much of the physicality. Obviously, it's still physical, but not nearly compared to the NHL game that we see. Um, so you, you rely heavily more on the speed and the skill from, from some of the smaller guys. And some of the smaller guys that don't, you know, they haven't filled out to their full frame yet are, are just end up being superstars. And then, you know, sometimes I guess that's the drawback for Goudreau. You know, sometimes those small guys just get bullied around and don't, you know, not everybody's a Marty St. Louis when they come up. So I don't think there's really any true – comparison any true replica of the stanley cup playoffs but i feel like these world juniors they're kind of 
similar to that. They can kind of get a young player ready for that, that kind of intensity. Uh, maybe not so much on the physicality side, but just playing these high-stakes games. And the other interesting thing about the World Juniors is all these players, they're only going to get so many opportunities at it, you know, because once you get to a certain age, you can't play it anymore. So you've only got a couple uh, chances to win a gold medal in that tournament. Yeah, and a lot of guys, you know, some some of them only get the one shot. You know, not everybody gets on these teams as a 16-year-old and a 17-year-old. Um, so, I mean, you do get a couple guys that are in it two, three years, even after they get drafted, they'll come back. Or, you know, if they're playing in the AHL or they're in the Q or wherever they are at the time, you know, they'll come back and, and let them play. Um, but you get guys like, like Sweden went and had back-to-back silver medals, um, I don't know if it was last year and the year before, two years ago and three years ago, but your buddy Leah Sanderson was on that team. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure he's the one that flung his oh, he was. medal into the crowd yeah. <laughs> because he, he already had one. And, you know, I, I, I get where you're going, but come on, man. Like, you, can't you won that. a silver medal it's... at this big tournament and representing your country. Don't be a jerk about it. But clearly – that was a sign of things to come with everything that's shaken out with him and the Rangers. Um, you know, I, I get you, the writing was on the wall. He was going to go, but I, I feel like the return on him was trash. Um, you know, for being a number seven overall pick, they didn't really get much back for him. Right. And you know, the, the thing about Leah Anderson, and I've said this on my show a couple of times recently is it's just always something with this guy, you know, he's either throwing his medal into the stands or he's demanding a trade or he doesn't want to be sent down to the AHL, or he doesn't want to talk to anybody in the Ranger organization. And, and just recently, I don't know if you saw, but he actually got suspended in the SHL because he put a really uh, bad hit on somebody, basically just put his, his shoulder into the guy's jaw and uh, was suspended five games for it. And the really unfortunate thing there was he was actually playing some good hockey over in the SHL to start the season. And it's one of those things that you look at it and it's like, does this guy just like feel the need to sabotage himself? Like things were actually going well for him for a change. And then he's getting suspended for five games for a bad hit. So, I mean, yeah, I saw, I saw the hit. It was really a bad hit and totally yeah. unnecessary. Um, but, but like you said, it, it's always something with him. Um, the only guy I ever like w- remember covering that didn't want to report was uh, Jonathan Druan. Yeah, Tampa. He didn't want. He he refused to go back to Syracuse and basically forced their hand in trading him. Um, but I bet he wishes he was still on the Lightning now. Yeah, that's probably a, uh, a fair assessment. Yeah, I, I, think... I don't know. Again, I, I, I just it, it always boggles my mind, like where you got the world by the balls. You're, you know, you drafted number seven overall, first round pick to the New York Rangers. Just go in there, listen to the coach, listen to JD. Listen to Gordon. Listen to whoever's telling you something. You know, I'm sure Graves is in there and Leach is in there and Messier's in there talking to these kids. How do you not take that kind of direction and, and use it to build your future, build your career, be, be a successful player? I mean, again, you're, there's going to be struggles on the ice as a kid. You know, you don't know everything. You're still learning. But Learn from the guys around you. Learn from your mistakes. I mean, that's what we teach at work. You know, you make a mistake, own it. Don't make it again. Just just learn from it and, and be better next time. And that kid, it was never his fault. Oh, this, they're, they're doing this to me, and I this guy's doing this, and blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, enough already. And you know what? I hope that pick they got from the Kings for him 
Um, I forget who it turned out to be, um, but I hope all that I, realistically all that guy has to do is suit up and skate around on the ice, and he's already better <laughs> <laughs> for the Rangers yeah, than, yeah. than Anderson was. You know, just don't don't be a minus fifteen, and you'll be fine. Yeah, no, I mean the only thing I'll say in Anderson's extremely slight defense, it's a point I've made on here a couple of times, is that it didn't seem like the Rangers really knew how to use him. You know, he made the opening night roster this past year. But, you know, they're throwing him out there on the fourth line for eight minutes a night with Greg McHagan and Michael Haley, and it's just hard to produce under those circumstances. But by that same token, yeah. you, you also wonder, like, well, maybe if he had shown a little bit better attitude, maybe they flip-flop him and Brett Howden, and Leah Anderson gets a little bit of run on the third line. You know, he could be out there with guys like Capo Caco, uh, maybe Jesper Foss at certain times, guys who are at least capable of putting the puck in the net. And I just wonder, yeah, I you mean, know, yeah. I thought the, I thought that third line was going to be Hedl, Anderson, and Kako. Yeah. Or, or, you know, honestly, at the time, I thought Kako would still be on the second line. Um, but even then, we just swap him with anybody out of those first two lines. And, and you know, it should be that's, – that's pretty good building. I mean, obviously, Hedl's still a little young and, and still needs to kind of get his game together. But you would think that those two – I don't know. I thought there would be some chemistry between those two that, that would work out. Um, and clearly, I was wrong. And again, what what what's the issue? I, there's there's going to be more that comes out about this kid eventually, that you know something off the ice affecting him personally, or or you know something in his past that causes him to not trust the people trying to steer him in the right direction, or something along those lines. I, I feel like there's something outside of hockey that's that's clogging up his career. Yeah, it's entirely possible. And uh, one more thing I thought we could talk about here, uh, you know, before we call it a day, is the Rangers recently re-signed both Alex Georgiev and Tony D'Angelo. Uh, do you feel good about those moves? Do you think the price is about right for both of those players? Just any thoughts on either one of those re-signings there for the Rangers? Um, I think the price was good. Um, yeah. Georgiev, obviously, he was going to arbitration. Um, I, I think he would have won his arbitration because he played fairly well. Um, but you need him. You know, again, Shesterkin is young. He had a little bit of an injury thing going on in the playoffs this year. Hopefully that's not going to linger around when the season picks back up. Kid looks like he's going to be a superstar, but, you know, let's not hold our breath just yet. Um, and Gorgiev is, you know, he's, he's been a solid fill-in. Every, every chance he's gotten, he's, he's stepped up. This past year, I get it, it's, it's a little different shuffling the three of them. Not everybody's getting playing time. You know, you might have a full week without playing or without even dressing at times. Um, so he wasn't in the easiest situation. Also, replacing Hank is not an easy situation. Um, but Tony D, you know, he played well. Good offensive defenseman. I like to see my, off, uh, my defenseman jump in on the rush um, and be the ones going in at, you know, a three-on-two having him there, you know, he scored quite a bit. Um, defensively, is he a little bit of a liability? Maybe, but do you trade that for the offense you get out of him? Yeah, but, you know, some of, I, again, I watch some of these goals on some of these replays where it's just, you know, these guys are puck watching. These guys go behind the net and they just stand there and look and, don't, and just let the guys come right behind them. And it's like, just, just cover your man. You know, you don't, you don't need three guys playing the puck while you got two guys creeping in with nobody covering them. But overall, I think, I think for the value, I, think, I don't think those deals are going to hurt the Rangers. Um, I know the, the Ranger community is 
torn 50-50 on D'Angelo, thinks his stock is really high, let's trade him, while the others, oh, you know, we can't lose that offensive production out of him. Um, but, you know, if you don't re-sign him, are you going to get somebody to fill those offensive numbers? But are you not going to get the offense and maybe get somebody that's more of a shutdown kind of guy? So, you know, you got to pick your poison there, I guess. Um, the pool of players to fill that spot is not real big. So I, I think they're probably smart on keeping him around. And, again, if he's not playing up the potential or the Rangers are not playing up the potential and they're not in the playoff mix, I think you may see him go at the deadline this year. Um, I think that's kind of where Strom is at right now. I think they're going to kind of let him build his stock up a little bit this year. And then I think you'll see him be the first one to go when the time comes. Yeah, with D'Angelo, you know, I will admit I was one of the people that kind of floated the idea of trading him. I mean, I was really torn. I was kind of 50-50 myself. But just you see that season that he's coming off of. I believe it was either 53 or 54 points, something like that. That's in a COVID-shortened season, no less. And, you know, you also look at the Rangers, who's on the team now, who's going to be on the team in the future. And we have other offensive defensemen. I mean, Adam Fox, obviously. Uh, Jacob Truba, to a lesser extent, I would say. You've got Keandre Miller. I think he's going to be just a beast when he comes up to the NHL. Uh, Nils Lundqvist, I don't think we see him this upcoming season, but he's on the way. So the way I looked at it was like, do we need to have, I mean, it's great to have a defenseman who can contribute on both sides of the ice, but do we really need to have like four or five of them that, you know, are offensive minded defensemen? And, you know, well, again, nobody the fact that stock was so high. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what we need. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, like you said, that's a, his point total it was incredible this year. You don't usually see that, especially at a Rangers defenseman. I mean, you look at some of the guys, Girardi and Stahl's past, you know, they're lucky to crack 20 points for the season. But yeah, I, I think they're going to be okay this year. Again, I, I don't think anybody is really stacked. Um, you know, you, you have your, maybe your four teams at the top of the league and everybody kind of falls in place behind there. That, that it's going to be – again – I don't know what they're going to do. This whole COVID thing is really going to, you know, they did a great job in the bubble. Can they realistically do the season in a bubble? I don't think that's, I don't think that's realistic to expect all these players to just, you know, give up on their lives for six months. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I don't see any way that they can play the full 82 games. And even if you make it less than that, I mean, you would almost have to have them go into the bubble for like maybe a month or two and then leave the bubble and then go back. I mean, I don't, I don't know how it's going to work. I mean, they did a phenomenal job with the playoffs, not one positive test, but to your point, I mean, I don't know how you make this work over an 82 game regular season and then four rounds of playoffs. I, I don't know how you can get this done. I mean, I, I just thinking about it, like you almost need divisional bubbles mm-hmm. and then, and then you mix them, you know, you send half the Atlantic into the Metro and half the Metro into the Atlantic and let them kind of bang out each other for a month. And, you know, I, I don't even know if you would even mess around with play in the Western Conference at that point. I, I don't know. It's really – it's the the league, again, we don't really get, like, inside info, but when info is available, we get it. But it's it's been real hush-hush. Uh, the only thing I know is what the commissioner said on, uh, I don't know, on the draft day or around the free agency day about possibly starting on January 1. And then at, at that point is, is the Winter Classic opening day. Um, do you even do the Winter Classic if you're not going to have a crowd? Is it even worth, you know, going out there and putting the rink out in a football stadium if nobody's going to be there to see it? Right. Now, it's the, whole, pointless, the whole right? point of that is to, yeah, the whole point is to pack 80,000 people in there. 
which yep. is clearly not the smartest thing to be doing right now. Um, so do, do you even bother doing that stuff? And then, you know, do you, do you even have an all-star game? Do you, do you scrap the bye week and scrap the all-star game and cram as many games into, you know, the, the three or four months you have? Or, you know, what, what's the point of doing an all-star game if nobody's there? You know, yeah. that's the, the all-star game is a fan event. That's, you know, I, I, the players would probably all vote to take the week off if they could. Yeah, I would, I would think the all-star game would probably be scratched. I mean, they did that with MLB. It's, it's just kind of, I don't want to say pointless because it is cool to see all, you know, the greatest players in any sport out there on the same field, on the same rink, whatever it might be. But if the fans aren't there, it just kind of loses its energy. It loses its luster yeah. a little bit, you know. I totally agreed, especially, I know, one of my personal favorites is the skills competition. I love that thing. Um, again, I don't like the changes they've been making in the past couple of years. Um, they definitely didn't need to add a fifth target to the target shooting. And then, you know, you can't compare Messier and Bork and all those guys and Ronick. Um, but that that's one of my favorite events. And without the fans there, what what's the point? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I figured we can end with this. Um, so what I've been doing, like throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs, whenever I would have a guest on here, I would have them predict, okay, who's going to win the Stanley Cup? Who's Who are they going to beat in the finals? Uh, obviously, hockey's over, but we do have the World Series going on. I know we're both big baseball guys. So who wins the World Series and in how many games? What do you got? I mean, I would love to see it go the full seven. Um, I really think the Dodgers finally have it this year. I think they're a little... More experienced, obviously, been there before, clearly. Um, and I think they're a little deeper than the Rays are. Um, I, I love, as much as I hated seeing the Rays beat the Yankees, um, you know, the Rays and the Dodgers were the two number one teams for the shortened season. So it is the two best teams in the league playing each other. Um, and, and again, you don't really see the Rays all that much around the country. Um, obviously, we do. They're playing the Yankees all the time. But some of these guys, it's Randy. Uh, a Rosa Rosa Arena. Arena. Yeah. He's unbelievable, this guy. Yeah. I mean, some of the, and not only just hitting home runs, just like absolutely destroying balls, but, you know, some of these catches Mookie has made the past couple nights, some of these catches Bellinger's made the last, he, he robbed another one last night. Um, and just, you know, people just, oh, Cody Bellinger, superstar, superstar. They don't remember his dad like we do being the, you know, 24th, 25th man on the Yankees roster that, you know, maybe came in uh, at third base as a defensive replacement in the last inning or maybe went out there to pinch run for somebody um, and kind of being a nobody on the team and then watching his son come out and just absolutely be a superstar is, is pretty cool. But uh, I, I'm rooting for the Dodgers. I, I don't want to see Tampa win after what they did to us. Yeah, um, I'm – I'm rooting for the Dodgers as well. And maybe there are some Ranger fans that still have a, a foul taste in their mouth from, uh, you know, the Kings obviously beating the Rangers in 2014. Yeah. But, that, yeah, that doesn't really matter matter that much to me, though. I mean, and at a certain point, like, I mean, Kershaw, everybody always rips on him for not getting it done in the playoffs, and he pitched a great game last, great night. last night. Yeah, it's yeah. So at a certain point, man, you know, you kind of just want to see the best team win it. You want to see the, the cream rise to the top. and. You know, as far as just pure talent goes, I, I think the Dodgers have the race beat in that department, and it's like, you know what, just let them get one, you know? Yeah, and I got to admit, I, as much as I hated Mookie Betts being on the Red Sox because he was so good on that team, I love seeing him play on a different team that you could actually appreciate his talent and root for him. And, you know, he 
the Red Sox, that's going to be that's going to go down as one of the worst deals they're ever going to make in their history. Letting him go. Um, but yeah, I, I'd love it to go seven. I don't think it's going to go seven. Um, I think Tampa's just going to get outmatched and outclassed a little bit. But should, oh, the baseball's been great. The last two seasons, as uh, much as I hate the Astros, the Astros-Tampa series was great. Yankees-Tampa series was great. Um, you know, White Sox-Oakland was really good. A lot of these series have been really good. So the baseball's been fantastic. So hopefully everybody else is enjoying it too. Yeah, no, it's been great. So I feel like we can end on that note. But, uh, Kev, this was a ton of fun. As always, we will definitely do this again in the future. Yeah, man, anytime. I'll be waiting. All right, once again, a big thanks to you guys for tuning in. A big thanks to Kevin LaBella as well for joining the show, talking some New York Ranger hockey. Always a good time. And, uh, yeah, definitely come back tomorrow. we got one more episode for you guys this week, and we'll see what we get into next week as well. We will dive into the latest on Brandon Lemieux and Ryan Strom. We'll see if the Rangers make any headway over the weekend as far as bringing them back or potentially even trading them. We'll see how it shakes out. But that will do it for today, guys. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at L underscore ny underscore rangers once again that is at lo underscore ny underscore rangers thanks again guys i'll see you next time